Spring game week is finally here, and we're going to tell you the goals that we have for the team in the Grow Bowl this year, plus a couple of names to watch for in the men's basketball transfer portal. And, man, Yo is absolutely doing work right now. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for joining us. And if you celebrated, I hope you had a very, very happy holiday weekend as well. Hey, I do want to let you know you can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash college60 and use the code college60 to get 60% off plus free shipping for you and HelloFresh. That's a really good deal. Anyway, thanks for making the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are, in fact, free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Check those out as well. The spring game, the Grove Bowl, is here this weekend, and we all know that this is a weird scheduling quirk dealing with the Morgan Wallen concert the following week. But Ole Miss is going to have a spring game Saturday and then three more practices. That's just the way it works. There's there's still six practices left in spring. But we're in Grove Bowl week. We're going to treat it like Grove Bowl week. And we're going to see, <coughs> see exactly what's up. Now, when you look at what we are looking for and how we are looking at handling this grow ball and understand that a spring game is a little bit different animal than you are used to. We're not looking for the same stuff that we were looking for against Mercer or we're going to look for against Alabama at Alabama. Those aren't going to come into the realm of possibility. But what we're going to do is look at micro things, things that need to happen as a stepping stone to get to where you want to be. That's the importance of the spring game. Don't watch the spring game for competitiveness. Do not watch the spring game even for the score. They're going to keep score, but watch the spring game for very micro-level indicators of where this team could be in the fall. It is my opinion this offense has a chance to be elite, and we've seen unbelievable throws released by Ole Miss of Jackson Dart this spring. We've seen Jackson Dart take off and run the ball, showing true dual-threat ability. And that makes me honestly think this season could be really good for Ole Miss fans and Ole Miss football. Jackson Dart performing well in the spring game. I'm not talking about some kind of Eli Manning versus Murray State type performance or anything even similar to what Devin Thomas did like under Houston Nutt in spring games in the past. No, what I'm talking about is the opposite of what happened last year. We need to get out of the spring game and walk out of the stadium or turn off ESPN Plus and think, okay, we are in good hands. That is the goal for Jackson Dart in the spring game. We're not even necessarily worried about numbers. We just need to set the fan base, the coaching staff, everybody involved with Ole Miss football that, yeah, we're, we're going to be in good hands. Now, we have Walker Howard. I want to see him flash as well. It, just for the future, I'm expecting mistakes. I want to see flashes. That's what I want to see from Walker Howard. And Spencer Sanders, I want him to see him get a little bit more healthy. 
And I want to see him start to get into this quarterback competition because right now, honestly, there's not one for whatever reason. But the quarterback competition is going to be very important. Chris Marshall, I want to see him have a Laquan Treadwell type spring game. I know my expectations might be a little high for him, but that's what I want to see. Okay? I want to see Chris Marshall start to bridge that gap between um, what he did at Texas A&M, where he did flash, even against Alabama at Alabama, and what Laquan Treadwell eventually became at Ole Miss, because I do think Chris Marshall has that kind of ability. I want to see Michael Trigg line up in the slot, and I want to see both tight ends on the field. That's what I want to see offensively. I'm not worried about yards, touchdowns, anything. I want to see good performances from all of them. I want to see them compete. I want to see this this potentially be important for them, but not necessarily for this game itself. That's important for their momentum moving forward into the season. That's what I want to see from the offense. Now, defensively, defensively is a different story because Pete Golden coming from Alabama, there's going to be expectations with that. There are going to be people with irrational expectations. And I've told you all through spring, this defense is going to be clunky. Because you can't recruit to one defense for multiple years, change over, and it's just going to fit seamlessly. There is not one football player. Whenever you see a rivals rankings or a 247 rankings where they, it's all guesstimations because there's not one type of football player. There could be a player that in one type of an offense is a top 10 player and a different type of offense is a 500th ranked player. Five star and three star. They both have talent. They're both really good, but system means so much for players in football. If you watch this show for any period of time, know that I talk about that. System fit is the ultimate importance for any team. It's the reason Navy and Army can have seasons where they win 9-10 games and just become a thorn. It's because what they do is different, and they're able to find kids that fit what they do, that might not fit somewhere else, that might not fit this system, but they absolutely fit in that flex bone system to where they can just option you to death. There's not one system in football. Defensively, understand that that is going through. We do not have players currently in place. I think we got, um, I forget his name, maybe Jameer Lewis, um, the kid from Southwest Mississippi, playing in the jack position. Going to be a good, good player. That hybrid linebacker defensive end player, he's going to be good but he's not the natural fit that we want. DJ Holmes doesn't get here until the fall. Centarian Perkins doesn't get here until the fall. So the defense has a chance to look clunky. But what I'm looking for from this defense and what I want to see is them to look competent. I do not want to see an overabundance of penalties. I do not want to see jumping off sides. I do not want to see a receiver catching a touchdown pass open by 30 yards downfield. I want to see the defense compete. That, that is my expectation for spring. What is it, 9, 10, 11 practices in to the installation of Pete Golding's defense? That's what I want to see. I want to see them compete. I don't care about sacks. I don't care about pressure. I don't care about stopping the run. I want to see them compete and play hard, even though it is a basic practice. If you do that, if you give that to me, I'm going to be excited. Now, goals for the special teams, because they do such weird things special teams-wise, it's going to be hard to see. I do want to see a perfect run of field goals. 
And it, I, I just do. It's going to be something where they start at 25-yard kicks and go all the way out to like 50-yard kicks. But I want to see a perfect field goal range, at least everything inside of 50 yards. Punting, I, I, I don't know. It's all in such a controlled thing. You're not going to be able to tell that. You're not going to be able to tell anything about the return game. So special teams is almost kind of a wash for the Grove ball. But offensive and defensively, I want to see them play hard. I want to see who steps up at wide receiver. Chris Marshall, if Trey Harris plays, I want to see him. I want to see what the young ones um, look like. Um, Brandon Buckalter, Braylon Brown, J.J. Henry. I want to see them function within the offense. I want to see Michael Trigg playing outside. I want to get an eye on Caden Priestcorn. Because remember, because of the weather over the weekend, we weren't able to see practice. Dalen wasn't able to go. They canceled that, moved it inside because it rained all day Saturday. Um, So we don't know exactly where they are other than what was released. And those are pretty big deals. That, the pat, There's a pass on Twitter right now. Go into the Ole Miss football account and see a post about Chris Marshall because that's who, that was the source of the post. He's obviously making enough plays to where he is appearing on the official social media account. But one of the passes on that reel was a pass from Jackson Dart that is – one of the better passes I have seen. I don't know if I've saw Matt Corral make that pass. Not Colin Jackson, Matt Corral. But that moment, it looked very special. So we'll see exactly what this looks like. So that's the things we need to look forward to in the spring game. It is the quarterback position, specifically Jackson Dart, continuing his momentum with a positive showing in the game. Defense, look competitive. Compete all over. Make everything as difficult as possible. Do not get beat for a touchdown while the wide receiver is open by 30 yards. No bust. Be as solid as you can be. Now, my expectations might be high, but it is what it is. So, we'll see exactly how that goes. Anyway, I do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet, up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. Now, I do realize that in Mississippi, you have to go to a brick-and-mortar casino. That's just the way it is. We might not agree with it, but that's that's the law. But if you go to New Orleans, if you go to Shreveport, Baton Rouge, if you go over to the river in Delta, Louisiana from Vicksburg, if you go up to Memphis, Jackson, Tennessee, or road trip to Nashville, you can use FanDuel. So you can download it now, and they'll be ready with that no-sweat first bet for you right now up to $1,000. FanDuel. It's an official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, thanks again for making Locked On Ole Miss your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place, plus you can hear from experts, insiders, coaches, and players. And even though the season's over, the transfer portal season is just kicking off. So check them out at Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. 
Now, transfer portal in basketball, especially men's basketball, is what we're going to focus on today. But Coach O is doing a phenomenal job. Um, they picked up a player that from North Carolina, an Auburn player, a Florida player, all of them contributors. I do not have their names in front of me, and I do not have them memorized, so I apologize. But what they're doing in women's basketball right now is breathtaking. I'm a chef's kiss. It's fantastic. Um, so we'll see exactly how that goes. I'm really excited about what Yo and her staff is putting together for next year's team because, I mean, the talent level and the talent profile of this team is going up and up and up and up. And this next year looks no different. Um, you know, Haley Van Lith. I do remember her from Louisville, that the girl with the ponytail um, went into the transfer portal. She is requested not to be contacted, which means she understands and has already made a decision where she was probably going to end up. But th me personally, I would love to see that as well um, because I, I just really liked her game. But on the men's side, Chris Beard, the head coach of the Ole Miss Rebels, is out doing fantastic things. And I think transfer portal – Men's basketball portal season is about to really heat up. And one of the players we are looking at is Brandon Murray out of Georgetown. He was on an official visit. He was at the Arkansas game over the weekend. Um, that also coincided with about the time that it was announced by everybody that Wes Flanagan was coming to join the Chris Beard staff. Um, I think Brandon uh, Brian Berg is also showing around. There's, there's people all around. There, I think the staff is more built than they're letting on and they're announcing at the moment. But because of that, they're recruiting hot and heavy. And one of the players they're recruiting is Brandon Murray out of Georgetown. He had a ridiculous dunk during the season. He averaged 13-7 um, points, 3.9 rebounds, 3 assists. Kind of a combo guard, wing type player. Good player. He actually hit 29-25 during the season. Really good player, and that, that includes all the tournaments they played, and this is in the Big East. Now, Georgetown might have struggled this year, but it appears he was a pretty good player. Now, he was also somebody that you could count on, you know, he was good from outside the arc. He just was. He was 31% shooter, not the greatest number in the world, but he shot 110 threes, made 35 of them, super athletic guy. Now, another name that I think Ole Miss – fans should keep an eye on is another guard out of Woodbury, New Jersey, named Aaron Estrada. He went to Hofstra, played for the Pride up there, averaged 20.2 um, points, 5.5 rebounds, 4.3 assists, shot nearly 50% from the field. He's another player that had games, multiple ones over 20, even went for 40 one game against Elon. So good players coming up, and you're starting to see names mentioned. Now, these are two players that most everybody is in on. And I'm not saying these are done deals. I'm saying that the former player network that we have access to from time to time has mentioned these two names specifically. And so we're going to pay attention to what they're saying um, because I am going to assume that they talk back and forth and they know what's going on. Um, I've seen Brandon Murray stuff all over them. The pictures we saw on Twitter um, he that was all over on three. I've not seen the Aaron Estrada stuff so much, but I'm going to trust him what I've heard on that one, just rumor-wise, and see exactly what he puts together. Should be really good, and this is going to kick off. Now, 
In that picture also with Brandon Murray was Jamin Brakefield, which tells me he's recruiting his butt off at the moment. And you can count on him to be a recruiter moving forward. I think Matthew Morrell eventually is going to end up back at Ole Miss. And because of that, you can see Ole Miss is building a pretty good team. If Ole Miss can land both of them, that, that puts them in a really good position. They're also, I think, recruiting a couple of point guards that are out there. I think this basketball team is going to make a makeover in the next week to week and a half to two weeks are going to be really, really good for Ole Miss basketball. I have no information on that. I just know that the transfer portal window is probably about a month away from closing. So it's time for them to start moving. I'm waiting on that first wave to happen. Once it does, we'll see exactly how it goes. But should be pretty good. Anyway, when we come back, it's what you talking about, Willis. And what we're talking about is fan support at Ole Miss. That is what Willis is talking about today. Whether you are for it, against it, or you have no idea what I'm going to say, I think check it out. It could be pretty interesting. And we'll see. Anyway, that and more when we come back right after this. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and, in fact, available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and, of course, upvote the video itself. Our other YouTube network that we are on, that we feature, is our After Dark Network. Our y'all's conference net, our y'all's conference network, y'all check that out. Subscribe to it. We're getting ready to expand that, and what we're going to do is we're in, we have several podcasts in development, both Ole Miss related and not Ole Miss related, but we're going to use that to kind of be a fun type branded podcast network. Not necessarily an SEC thing, not necessarily an Ole Miss thing. It's going to be a fun-based thing. So I think we're going to have an Ole Miss baseball-related um, podcast. Somebody wanted that. We're going we're gonna to try and produce one of those as well. Um, we're going to start doing TV shows and movie reactions with panels and live streams. And we're going to have fun with that because everybody wants to have fun. There's not enough fun going on in the world today. And because of what we're doing, there might be a little bit of attendance problems in college athletics and professional sports moving forward. It's not my fault. It's just the way it is and the way of the world at the moment. In this segment of What You Talking About, Willis, we look at fan support at Ole Miss and beyond. You know, it was a big story last year when Lane Kiffin essentially, I guess he called out students, I guess we'll say, in the early part of the season for them leaving. Now, in the students' defense, it was 100 degrees outside. You were playing... FCS opponents, G5 opponents, games that you should easily win, and they did. And because of that, the students got bored and left. They went back to the Grove. They went back to doing what people come to Ole Miss games, as students do, is it's a society event. You dress up. You do all the things that Ole Miss is known for. And because of that, it could make a 100-degree day in Vaudemingway Stadium sitting on metal bleachers in the hot, blazing sunshine difficult for them. Before I move any further, I do want to say I sympathize with your plight, students, completely, okay? 
I am not judging you about this whatsoever. But it needs to be known that Chris, or Keith Carter has done absolutely everything necessary for students to go to games. And while I am willing to give students a pass for September games against Mercer and Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, as all fans should do, all coaches should do, everything, just because that's the way society works now as in regards to athletes, athletics, especially with every game on television. I don't know if I'm willing to give the pass moving forward about basketball and about women's basketball. Those are two sports that are played almost in the wintertime in a, let's say, moderately climated place, especially in the winter. And it's air conditioning. It's always 72 degrees. So the excuses that are made for the football team, they're not really applicable to the basketball team. Like I said, not judging at all. But Keith Carter has done everything possible to make sure that that venue is sold out and packed every game. And that includes college football. That includes college basketball, men's college basketball. That includes women's college basketball. And that includes baseball. No, the baseball team is not particularly good at the moment. They're sitting at 2-10. and 10. They're still drawing. So, knowing that Keith Carter has done everything possible to get people in the stadium, everything you could want, when are the students going to start coming? When are the fans going to start selling out? When is Oxford, Mississippi and Ole Miss going to be a tough ticket? Now, I realize that Mississippi is a poor state. And it's a conversation that we genuinely need to have. Nothing derogatory or nothing about it. It's just a fact of life. And our expectations need to be based on that. For instance, you have somebody that works at a distribution center at Walmart, for instance. Nobody in particular. Makes a certain amount of money. And he knows that he could spend $3,000 to take his family of four to Oxford, Mississippi, against Mercer to sit in a thousand degree weather. It just does. It just burn up. Just the surface of the sun. You can go do that to where you're almost guaranteed to have a fight with your wife. Guaranteed to be upset with your kids. Or you can sit home and watch that game on TV and send the money to the NIL collective. See, this is the thing that is going to affect most everything moving forward. You need a relationship with the students because of the discount tickets because you need them for atmosphere. Because the cap and t-shirt fans that were once going to a game or two per year, they're going to go to it less and less and give that little bit of money to the NIL collective. It just is. There's nothing negative about it. Until we can have the conversation about what attendance at sporting events really need to be and really are going to be, we're always going to be in this mindset of 1996. And if you do that, you're going to wonder and you're going to get upset. It's like, why is there 52,000 people in the stadium? You know, Arkansas is in town. Why is it 55,000? And it's because more and more people are choosing to stay home and donate their money that they were spending at hotels and things around Oxford, Mississippi, 
to directly impact a Grove Collective initiative, to directly impact maybe the Dead Soxy NIL collective thing, where you can order socks that specifically help recruiting and signing of NIL athletes. So people's money are going to go to different places. It's not going to be what it once was. Don't expect it. If you are expecting that, that is honestly a you problem. College football is not messed up because it's not meeting your expectations. No, you need to change what is going on. You need to change your thinking. Congress is not going to do anything about NIL. They're not because they don't do anything about anything anymore. If you're counting that on your silver bullet to kill this NIL werewolf, you are mistaken. Nothing is going to change. The only thing they're going to do is figure out how they're going to prosecute violators, people that use it for different reasons. And even then, it's going to be at a similar level to what NCAA probation was in 1996 to where Kentucky can do something in basketball and Cleveland State goes on probation. That type of deal. But understand that Keith Carter has done absolutely everything possible to make sure those stadiums are as filled up as possible. Period. There's no real way to get around that. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be losses that happen along the way. But if you're talking about effort and the head coaching positions at each program on campus, Ole Miss has never been able to achieve a level like this. And it's even looking like Lane Kiffin could be around a while. Chris Beard could be around a while. Coach Yo could be around a while. Mike Bianco could be around a while. He's the second all-time winning as SEC coach. So a season could turn. I understand that. What, what What's going to happen at the end of this baseball season? The attendance is probably going to drop off because it is what it is. But moving into it with season tickets available to be purchased in football, I think renewals are July 1st or something like that, you can buy new season tickets in basketball right now. Coach O, right now. I think you're going to see an uptick of attendance a little bit. And in other places where attendance is starting to really fall, and it really is, all these 100,000-seat monsters that are going up. Alabama is cutting theirs down potentially below 100,000. They're going with amenities. They're trying to get people there as opposed to getting 100,000 people there. I think Ole Miss is going to do something similar. The days of 66,000 in the vault is probably over. You're probably looking at a 55,000 seat crowd, a 55,000 crowd as a good thing. Maybe trying to get 60 because People are going to stay home and bombard the NIL collective. The money that they can only spend one or the other, they're going to spend it on the thing that can help directly influence the love of their chosen university. It just is. Now, like I said, I understand students in September at Ole Miss football. I get that. You're going to lose me on the basketball argument. You kind of lose me on the baseball argument. And we'll see what happens this season in football. But Ole Miss could be in a position to, do, to be really well off 
in all three, all four of the major sports. Anyway, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast. It's Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's really cool. Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Hey, due to the open um, scrimmage being closed, today was a little bit of a rambling show. It just was. We talked about goals from the spring training offense and defense, the basketball portal, and we did a What You Talking About Willis segment. So, Enjoy what's coming on. I hope everybody had a good holiday weekend, and we will see you tomorrow. Take care.